Are you ready to join the cutest mindfulness movement ever? This podcast is sponsored by The Cutie Crew, a brand for kids and the young at heart that spreads the message of mindfulness. Head on over to cutiecrewbrand.com and join the movement. Hi, I'm Natalie Calzadilla, and this is the Pachanga and Possibility Podcast. I created this podcast to empower you with knowledge about all forms of alternative healing, personal development, and mysticism. I want you to celebrate your wins and create a life of possibility. You, my friend, are a light worker, a way shower, and you will inspire others to do the same. So grab your cafecito and a notebook. Let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of Pachanga and Possibility. On today's show, I have Vanessa the Biz Bruja, who is an acclaimed bilingual soul business coach. And I just love her and her energy. I discovered her on Instagram because a previous guest on the show, on the show Ilona Pamplona, was doing an Instagram live, I believe, with her about Akashic Records because she does Akashic Record readings. And I just kind of loved her energy. She was very lovely and very knowledgeable about everything that she talks about. And she's old school in the sense that she's been around in the world of spirituality and metaphysics and all that jazz for a long time so she's not one of the newbies that just kind of woke up yesterday and is all evangelical about spirituality she is one of the old school peeps that knows what she's talking about and has seen all of the waves of what these movements of spirituality go through uh like the law of attraction and all sorts of other things so she is just a wealth of information and you're going to notice that in today's interview because she pretty much gave like a full masterclass on having a spiritual business and what that entails and the things to look out for when you are entering the world of being a spiritual entrepreneur and being very grounded in that process. And it was just like, I didn't even have questions to ask. You're going to say I was quiet for a lot of the interview. There was like no interviewing going on for the most part because she just threw it down and I just kind of sat back and took notes. So definitely this is one that you're going to want to have a notebook out if you are a spiritual entrepreneur and just take it in. See if you have any questions for her about anything, hit her up on Instagram. She is at the Biz Bruja. Make sure that you are on the right Instagram because she is one of the many people in the spiritual community whose IG has been hacked. So make sure you're on the right one. There's no like repeated letters in the Instagram handle. If anything, you drop her an email just to make sure that you're on the right account. So let me read you her formal bio so you can see her level of epicness. All right, so Vanessa... Cordor New is an acclaimed bilingual soul business coach, healing activist, and teacher of clinical hypnosis, intuition, and international healing practices with over 20 years of experience and more than 12,000 
thousand sessions. As a founder of the School of the Healing Artes, Vanessa is most passionate about helping individuals develop their own inner resources. Also known as the Biz Bruja, catalyzing the next generation of healers and leaders to break through ancestral patterns, reclaim their intuition, and create a thriving soul business. Her wellness expertise has been featured on Shape, iHeartRadio, Telemundo, Univision, Be Latina, Hip Latina, Refinery29, and LATV, and she is a co-host on the Shift Network. Without any further ado, here is Vanessa. Welcome, Vanessa, to the show. I am so excited to have you here today. If you can please introduce yourself to the audience. Hi, everyone. Mi nombre es Vanessa Codornu, and my name is Vanessa Codornu. And uh, did I just say, did I just do what I said I was going to do? Did I just do <laughs> the bilingual I intro? Yeah, I did the bilingual introduction. I am the founder of the School of Healing Artes, a clinical hypnotist, psychic medium, Latinx brujita, and a soul biz coach. So today we are talking about the real journey about creating a spiritual business, what it's really like, the myths and what works and what doesn't, and specifically how it pertains to you and what you've seen as a teacher and nurturing many of your students and creating their own businesses, but also being in the industry as an entrepreneur and a spiritual entrepreneur. And I just want to dig deep into everything that you've learned. You've been doing this for almost 30 years now, correct? Right. But it started out as a way of life, right? Because my family was very spiritual. I'm the third generation medium, psychic medium. They didn't do it publicly. They didn't do it outside the house, but that was just a way of life. Limpias happened every two weeks or so in my house. That's just spirituality was just a part of our house. You know, we had, um, I started reading people at 16. And so never in my wildest imagination, but there was no Wi-Fi anywhere when I was 16. Did I think that I would wind up having, being a brujita online? Do you know what I mean? Like never would I have imagined that when I was 16 years old. And I get want to say this, that when I was 21 and I was doing a lot of automatic writing, that's when spirit, you know, channels through you. I was studying film at Tisch School of the Arts uh, in New York City, NYU. And I wanted to be a film director. And I was already working. I was a intern for Spike Lee. I was already doing some like production assistant work, other stuff on sets in New York City. And my guides came out. They're like, you're not going to be a film director, Vanessa. You're going to be a spiritual director. And I'm like, what's that? Like, am I going to be una cura, a priest? Like, what, is, <laughs> what, what am I going to do? Am I going to be like some sort of like created church? Like, how do you become a spiritual director, a chaplain? Like, what is that? What does it look like? And so I started out as a way of life. I started out as somebody who started reading people at 16, not getting paid. I was just reading my father's, my father's friends who were in business. So I'm 16 years old. And so this is what happened. And I just want to share it real quick. I had done some exploration on the Ouija board in my high school. I went to high school in music and the arts. So, you know, the fame school, but except it also had art. I was an art major. And so there I am. And somebody goes, hey, they po poke me. Some spirits trying to talk to you in the lunchroom, okay, in Manhattan and in New York. And I'm like, what? I walk over and the spirit says to me, hey, you know me. And your grandma's going to get on a plane and this is what's going to happen and stuff that we didn't know. So I run home and I'm like, mommy, una Ouija board, hablo con el espíritu and lunchtime and this is what happened. And grandma's going to show up at this thing that she doesn't know about. So my mom and my grandma were on the outs. She was not invited to my sister and brother's confirmation 
But the spirit told me with a group of people in lunchtime that didn't know me, <laughs> my grandma was coming, right? So there we are, confirmation, looking around. She's She lived in Miami at the time. And there she gets out of a cab, <gasps> right? And she didn't, we didn't, she didn't know the day. They had a fight. They didn't want to talk to each other. Boom, she comes out. My mother goes, Psh, nena, bring that Ouija board home, right? So, of course, I'm bringing the Ouija board home. And and kids, if you're listening, don't try this at home. There are better divination <laughs> practices. We don't need no Ouija board, right? They were um, forbidden in my house. Right. <laughs> Even though right. I still found my way to, to them a couple times at friends' houses. But, yeah. Right, right. I think there's so many other ways. But, anyway, mm-hmm. I do have the original Ouija board here in the house because when my parents passed, I found that they kept it for me. I'm like, okay. No way. Oh, my God. So, I brought it home. My mom blindfolded me oh yeah she did you know i told you i was gonna ask you because i read that part of your bio and i was like oh. we need to talk about this blindfolding we okay, just good. No, I was like, oh my god so she blindfolds me and then she flips the board around so i can't see i'm 16 i'm the oldest daughter i'm the one who had to navigate education deal with speaking you know speaking like these for a long time and then learning how to get rid of the accent because i was bullied and I did it just to survive. I'm not saying we should. I think we should live in a world where we could all speak as we speak, but I adapted to survive. So I went through a lot of things as the older sister. And now here I am blindfolded in a kitchen with this Ouija board. And my mom's like, vamos a investigar. We're going to investigate. So we're doing it. And at first my fingers are moving, but eventually I take my fingers off the whole thing and I'm just receiving everything directly. I see a woman with reddish hair with a little boy and they're dripping wet And they're like out of a river and there's like a car that I see with a piece sticking out from the river. Like there's a car in the water. And she's like, hola, hello. Tell your mother to take care of Willie. That was my father's name. Take care of Willie. I care about Willie. Take care of Willie. And I was like, why is this lady telling me that my mom should take care of my dad? So I tell my mom, she's like, "Mm -hmm. okay, keep going, Vanessa. And they're just dripping wet. And then I see an older woman, very austere. No one in my family that I knew ever dressed this way. It was like black little buttons with black little clothes all the way under her chin, like very austere, very uptight, very like old fashioned. And she's like talking to me with this stern voice. And she's like, tell your your cousin in Argentina, in Argentina, he's not to go to work on this third month of this third Saturday of whatever day she told me. And I'm like, mom, it's a senora who looks like this is telling me. So I was hearing, I was seeing, I was feeling, and I was knowing all this mm-hmm. information that I didn't know if it was right or not. I was just like giving it to my mom. She's like, just relax. Just tell me whatever happens. Then I see this man with this big outfit, like big plumed hat, big hat, big plumed hat speaking in, you know, I, I call it Shakespearean Spanish at the time, you know, <laughs> but it was basically, you know, Spaniard, like, pues, mm-hmm. yo estoy aquí, tú estás, y esto, and all this traditional, like, Spanish speaking language. And I'm like, mom, he's like really dramatic saying that, like, eh, yo soy tu guía, pues, que tú me has negado. And he's like going off like this saying in Spanish to me that my mom said no to him and that he was supposed to guide her to publish books. And now they're just in a drawer and I don't know what he's talking about. And so my mom's like, all right, we've heard enough. So I take off the blindfold. I'm like, oh my God, what just happened to me? And I'm having a glass of water. She's like, quédate quieta, stay still. She brings a picture of my dad, opens up the back of the framed picture, pulls out this woman with reddish hair behind him. I go, mom, who's that woman? I've never seen her. She goes, we've never, ever talked about her. She's your dad's ex-girlfriend before me. 
they broke up. She married somebody else, had a child, then had an accident where the car went into this river and they died. Oh, and she did have reddish hair. I saw the picture. I'm like, okay. So now I'm like, damn, I saw it. I felt it. I knew it. Right. So it was this, this pure evidence that changed my life. Right. Mm -hmm. Then the man, she goes, I never told you this, but when I was 17 years old, this man came with a big plumed hat with the Spaniard accent saying, Yo soy tu mentor espiritual, whatever. And she went, no, leave me alone. You do not get to be in my body. You do not get to take me over or whatever she thought was happening. So, and you know, my mom was born in 41, right? So it's like back in the day. So this is the 50s or early, I guess. Yeah, the 50s. Mm -hmm. um, this is happening to her, almost 60, almost 60. And she turned him away and she goes, and you don't know. And she said, come with me. And I went to her room, opened up a bottom drawer of her dresser. And there were like three books that she had written that she never published. Wow. So she's like, uh, one is a poetry, one's about women's emancipation and evolution, spiritual evolution. So she didn't. And she said, I made a choice. I wanted children and I gave up my career and I love you and I don't regret it. So I was like, okay. And then we were like, what are we going to do with this old lady who came up in this uptight outfit and manner? She's like, that sounds like my my great, great grandmother. So then she went to her closet in the attic, pulled out a picture. And I see this woman dressed in black. Right. And I'm like, Dios mío. I'm like, what's going on? So she's like, I'm going to call Argentina. We're going to because we knew what cousin it was. It said a name. Mm -hmm. And we're going to say it was a sueño because my family would believed in mm -hmm. dreams. So she calls. She goes, I had a sueño. She took on the responsibility. It's on this third month of this third Saturday. Tell, you know, I forget his name right now. He's passed. And I only saw him a couple of times. Let's say it's Hyman. Tell Hyman not mm -hmm. to go to work. Right. And so he didn't. And three months later, we got a call saying that they had shot up the place. So the place he worked at got held up. Nobody died right. but got hurt. So, you know, when this Ouija board experience happened to me, then my mom tested me out by doing it with my dad, blindfolded me again, put me on the Ouija board. But my dad just started asking me questions and I just started replying about mm -hmm. his business, the biz bruja, right? And the next thing you know, I'm talking, he's like, you were totally right, but I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just delivering the message. Then he brings friends, all these Latino business owners start asking me for advice. They're like 40, 50 years old. I'm like, oh my God, tengo 16 años. I'm 16 years old. Can you let me be a kid? You know? And I did it for six months, no pay. It was just to help people. And it mm -hmm. wasn't like we charged. And, you know, it was like, our, we felt like it was a spiritual responsibility. If mm -hmm. you have a gift, use it. I mean, at least in this generation, my mom didn't really use it for others, me. And then I, one day I woke up, I said, I lost it. I really didn't. And so my spiritual life as a psychic medium, as a healer, started out just because my family did limpias. They believed in these things. Mm -hmm. At 21, you know, my friend doesn't feel well. And I hear, tell her to close your eyes, tell her to breathe. And you're going to pull stuff out of her. So I'm like, hey, mamita, close your eyes and just breathe deeply. <laughs> and then my guide's like, pull it. So I'm pulling out. She's going, oh, and moving her stomach. And so I'm pulling stuff out of her belly. Mm -hmm. I'm doing the things. And then later I'm exhausted. In my early 20s, I wound up telling somebody who's spiritual, hey, I'm reading people. I see people. I talk to people. I pull stuff out of people. And I'm tired after. And they said, you know, go study Reiki. That'll help you give you a natural like protection. So I became a Reiki master teacher. Then I saw a lot of people who are getting readings. So I've been around people getting readings since I'm six years old, mm -hmm. like literally going to like Puerto Rican, Cuban, Dominican, and also sometimes Irish readers. Right. And my mom was getting readings and I would be like, oh, my God, they're so on point. But everybody still keeps their patterns. So in my teens and 20s, I was like, 
All right. Psychic abilities, intuition is a natural thing. Mm -hmm. And it tells us important information, but then we're going all about our lives, continuing the same old, same old. That's when I started to explore hypnosis. And when I was in college, I was afraid of math, like really afraid. It was going to screw up my grade point average, like a C minus afraid, Mm -hmm. like C minus afraid, right? And so I went and got a book, self-hypnosis, created a cassette, listened to it 30 days and went from a C minus to A minus. So all of the things happened very, you know, there was no Wi-Fi when, when I was in college. There wasn't, there were some books written by white authors, a couple of books written by Latinos, right? But not that many. I was growing spiritually because I heard and I saw and I felt. And my guides were like, do this, do that. Hey, you're going to be a spiritual director. I'm like, what does it mean? They're like, don't worry. We'll figure it out. And so it all went like that. And I wound up working in communications. I wound up working in corporate. But I always did things on the side to help people. So it was just a way. That's a bruja to me. Like curandera. Like you're just helping people Mm -hmm. in your village Mm -hmm. or in your community. At this point, you're still not charging. Mm, Yeah. To mid-20s, I didn't charge. Almost to late-20s. And then I got a reading by an older psychic who was like, Por qué tú estás aquí? why are you here? You could do this, but I do. What are you doing? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm scared. She's like, you've been doing this since you're young. And she read me. And so I started charging very little. Then people started telling people. But again, it was a side thing. And one of the reasons that it was a side thing is because back in the day, when you went to see a reader, they were surrounded by candles, right? I only have one behind me. But they were surrounded by velas and candle work that they were doing to help people heal. So I literally went into spaces where a healer would be surrounded by 30 candles and and they were just in their house and people would show up. They didn't even give appointments in general. Like you showed up on a Saturday, the first Mm -hmm. one to show up, you sat on the plastic furniture. Okay. That's how it was. (laughs) Right. And that's what you did, girl. That's what you did. And you sat there the whole day, but then I was never let down. I was like, Oh, I'm so glad I waited the whole day to get a reading. But I was like, do I want to be sitting in un cuartito in a small room with all these candles and helping people all day? And a lot of them overweight or underweight. They didn't eat properly. They were eating between sessions. Mm-hmm. I saw them doing a lot of trabajo. So I was like, I had um, an energy like, okay, it's a thing. It's a gift. But And so one thing led to another. I started charging. And then I had a breakthrough when I was working as an event coordinator in New York. I showed up at an event to run it. And the psychic said, hey, can I... um." read you to warm up before the party starts. And she started reading me. And, you know, back in that time, I was like in this little black suit, the black stockings, the black high heels, the blonde hair pulled straight back with the red lips, you know, the whole look. And she looked at me, she goes, you are not what you look like at all. You're a priestess. You go home and your home is your temple. You are doing rituals, you go by the moon. I'm like, yes, the moon cycle. She goes, you're a brujita, like you're a witch. She's like, you're you're connected to spirit. She goes, but, and I was like, I was raised Catholic, but we were always believing in something more. She goes, you hear, you see, you're like psychic, you're a teacher, you're a healer, you're a writer. So I'm like 23 years old, like, I know me, all right? Like I knew. And, and she was like, and I started crying because I was like, I don't want to be out. I don't want to be out of the broom closet. You know what I mean? Not fully out. I was like crying, like tears running down my face. She's like, Vanessa, don't worry. It'll happen organically. One day you're just going to be yourself all the time. And I'm going to get emotional now. That's what creating my business created for me. Mm -hmm. It created a space where I'm not split in half anymore, where I'm not hiding who I truly am. And I can show up. You know, my partner says to me sometimes, wow, you have so many sessions. You're teaching so many classes. Then you have podcast TV. You're writing articles. I said, I get to not be killed in this life and do this work. Mm -hmm. I do want to talk about that a little bit too. A lot of us Latinos, 
BIPOC, we are reclaiming our intuitive gifts now, reclaiming our powers, even to create sustainable businesses, because our people couldn't a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Right? Our people couldn't. They were like, oh, you were using your intuition. Ah, tú eres una bruja. Like suddenly you'd be in trouble. Mm-hmm. What are you? What are you? Our African, indigenous, and European practices and probably Asian and probably Middle Eastern and many other countries around the world were squashed and were taken over by Judeo-Christian religions to a point where we start to hate it, to think that it's devil's work and deny ourselves. And so it was this long journey. And in 20s, I started to charge because then she read me, made me cry. And at the end of the event, I grabbed her hands. I said, can I give you a message? And suddenly, boom, her dad who'd passed over started talking to her. And I was like, blah, 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 blah. And just telling her, and then she hugged me and I cried. And we were both like crying at, this, at the end of this party. And then she referred me to an agency and I was hired to be a psychic medium, but it was part-time. And so I was getting a hundred an hour, like 26 years ago to go to parties, to do book launches, to do all these things. And I learned so much about Because one thing is to be hanging out in your house and get an intuitive hit or you meet somebody. And another thing is like showtime. They got the lights going. The music is bopping. And you're like, and they're like, how's my cat Pookie going to do through the surgery? And the guys are like, (laughs) I know their marriage is in trouble. The person went through sexual abuse as a child. You must tell them. I'm like, they're at a party. Damn it. They're at a party. I don't want to tell them. Let me answer about Pookie or their business. And so I would take a deep breath and be like, I'm sorry. I know you're asking about Pookie, but your guide is telling me that right now your marriage is going through a lot of time because you went through abuse as a child. And I'm scared because I'm like 24 years old. This person's like, of course. like a vice president of a company and they're asking about Pookie. And at first they're like, that's wrong. And then they start to calm down. You saw tears in their eyes. And I'm like, I'm so sorry if they're telling me it's because it's important. And then they start telling me you're right. I haven't been intimate with my partner. I have sexual abuse that I didn't handle. It's affected my business. It's affecting my relationship. They're telling you to get help, that they love you, you know? And so, you know, it's not just about pulling a card and going, abundancia, this is what you get, the ten of, you know, pentacles. It's not like, I see some people read that way. It's so much deeper. Six of cups, some love from your past will come into your life. Ace of two of cups, there's love coming into, there's so much more than that. And so for a long time, I didn't. And somewhere in my 30s, I was doing past life regression work, soul releasement work where people had attachments and I was releasing them. I ran circles in my home every month, very diverse, very inclusive circles where people from anywhere and anywhere could come. I had um, Orthodox Jewish women come in and they told their husband that they were going to do a book club and they were coming to my house. And they were like, oh my God, they knew. Because this is totally you know, just forbidden in that culture, Mm -hmm. unless it's a rabbi telling them something. And so they would come and it was just service, service. And at some point in the thirties, my guides were like, you need to go full time. And I was like, I'm scared. I'm not doing it. And I started charging for circles, but again, 15 dollars. Yeah. And I gave food, girl. There was food. Like, había arroz con pollo. You know what I mean? With rice and beans on the side. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I ordered it from a Colombian restaurant. I didn't make it because I was working all day at my corporate office. And so the big thing that brought me into the business. So, again, so here I am, this, like, at heart, a very spiritual, earth-based, shamanic, conectada persona, right? Connected person who doesn't want anything to do with capitalism. 
but I'm in capitalist. We're in a capitalistic system and we have to pay rent. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no. And also, this is a myth, too, that if you are a spiritual person, you give away your gifts for free. No, honey. Singers get paid. Accountants have a gift when it comes to numbers. Mm-hmm. But I had to get through that to at some point I realized I was being drained. And my guides were like, because you're not taking money. There has to be an exchange for what you're doing. This is the law, you know, reciprocity mm-hmm. of e- receiving energy. So I started charging. And in my 30s, I kept growing my business. And I want to share this thing that also changed my life. So I was working, I think it was my late 20s, at Global Shopping Network. That's a network that sells products. They came up with this idea that they were going to do a spiritual program. So they were ahead of their time selling candles, selling books, like they were going to do. And I kept doing, like I kept, I was like, oh, you're a son in Aries. Oh, you've got moon and cancer. Let me look up your chart. Oh, and you need it. And I would talk about that at work. And I would say, oh, yeah, I would have crystals at my desk, you know, back in the day. And I would have little herbs, ruda, the planta ruda, which is very good for you, or um, uh, like basil. There were different herbs that I would have on my table, on my desk, you know, protection herbs, all these things. And I was talking. So people talked to the president of the company. And his executive assistant came and said, I have to, you have to come to my office. And I'm like, am I in trouble? What's happening? And she takes me, takes my hand and puts a watch in my hand, closes my fingers over it and goes, read me. But I didn't do readings at work. So nobody knew, but somehow she did. And I was like, I don't, I don't do that. This is a corporate world. This is a corporate office. I don't do that. Because Vanessa, the way you talk about this stuff, you know this stuff. You got Mm -hmm. this stuff, but I never did a reading. And I took a deep breath in. And I just allowed myself and I did a little prayer and suddenly I got this man and I started telling her and she's crying and the garden and the place and the location, which was not even in the United States. It was in England. And I was like, there's an English rose. They're telling me English, English. And she goes, mm-hmm. England. And he taught, gave her a message. And then she goes, Vanessa, thank you for doing that. I'm sorry I put you on the spot. We need a host for the spirit channel. I want to set up an audition for you. I want you to do this. So it was amazing. And I was writing people like Carolyn Mace, who now are New York Times bestselling authors and older, right, Mm -hmm. to send me her card decks and stuff for Still Point Press and Still Point Publishing. So she was sending Mm -hmm. them to me. I mean, it was a different time. And Mm -hmm. then, of course, I go to Miami, where you are. I get a reading from this guy. I walk in and he's like, Mujer, ¿por qué te estás con ese rubio que ni te gusta? You don't like blonde boys. What are you doing? And I was like, yeah, he was a healer in the Upper West Side, right? He's like, he's going to pr- he's going to ask you to get married. Don't go to the party. He's going to propose to you. And then he said, you're like me. What are you doing with your life? You're supposed to be a healer and a reader. And I was like, no sé, no sé. And then he said to me, when you go back to New York, you're going to get job offers. Say yes. Say yes. Be- I'm like, I have a job. I love it. I'm going to be a host on a spirit channel. And he's like, <laughs> Vanessa, say yes to job offers. Do I not go back in, in less than a month? I get asked to run a co-check room in a hot new nightclub, which I said yes to. Get called in to hostess at a restaurant. I said yes. So I had three jobs, right? And then a month after I said yes, do they not sell the business out? And I show up at the showroom where they record, and there's a big-ass mm-hmm. lock on the studio. No. I see. I see. So I was like, what? I was taking up the ladder to this because I became an assistant buyer. Now I'm going to be a host. I'm going to buy this product. But... The point wasn't that I was supposed to be in a corporate world. Mm -hmm. The point was that the worlds were starting to collide. 
And I want to talk one more minute about the things that brought me to the path and then focus on the myths and focus on, you know, creating a business. Mm -hmm. What then happened in 2012. So in 2009, I was laid off. My friends were like, Vanessa, do what you do, do what you do. Right. And I was part-time at that time, making maybe 30, 40,000 part-time on the weekend. My friends like, do what you do. And I'm like, do what I do. What am I angry? So I rented a space, a couple of blocks from me. I suddenly started doing Reiki, hypnosis, offering sessions to the to, to the people, teaching intuition class every Thursday night, all the things. I was sold out. I made my rent in one day. Like it was crazy, the rent that I paid for the little room. And it was a share. And this is where in New York? In Queens in 2009, mm-hmm. right? And I lived alone. Mm-hmm. I was scared. I was like, oh my God, uh, 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 uh. What am I going to do? My rent's eighteen hundred dollars, and this is back, you know, two thousand nine. So I made enough that whole year to support myself. It was scary AF, but I still did it. But I still wasn't seeing myself as a business owner. I'm a healer, and I always say, not every healer is a business person. Not every business person is a healer. These are things that we need to develop. And so then I went back because I had a surgery. I had a major surgery I needed, and I was like, I cannot do it, even though I made my income alone in New York in this one bedroom apartment, I was like, I need to now go back. And when I went back, I joined a mastermind and my whole idea was like, how do I get out of here? So flash forward to 2012, I took a year to actually plan my surgery. The day before my surgery, I get laid off. Okay. Not cute because the highest amount of unemployment in New York in 2012 didn't pay my rent. And I would get the highest amount because I made a certain income, Mm -hmm. but it wouldn't pay the $2,000 rent. I'd have to get my savings. So I'm sitting there late off the day before surgery, doing hypnosis on myself so I don't freak out. The surgery went well. It was intense. Then I had a breakup right after that. <sighs> right. Then I had then I had a car accident December 21st, 2012, which was the end of the Mayan calendar. People were writing me at a blog, and they were like, yo, are we going to end our life? What's going to happen? La vida, el mundo, are we dying? And I was like, No. Flash forward to December 21st, my mom is like, I have a bad feeling about this car ride. We were driving down. We were driving up to Georgia from Florida. And she's like, I think your dad said he checked the the, the tires. I was like, I have a bad feeling. She goes, I'm going to pray. I said, I'll do Reiki. And I'm laying back in the seat, like really totally relaxed, laying back. And I hear sit up straight so you don't break your back. So I sit up straight because I know not to. Who's driving? My dad and my mom sitting in the front. So I'm like this. It's six in the morning. And there are three cars. My brother's in the front with his wife and his child. My other brother's in the back with his wife. He didn't have a kid yet. And then we're in the middle. Right. And we're all driving and headed to this cabin in Georgia for Christmas. We're going to celebrate. My sister stayed behind with her daughter. And miraculously so, because she would have been in our car. Okay. It all worked out. We were sad she wasn't coming, but we were like so glad that she wasn't there with us. So I didn't have a seatbelt. I was laying back, sit up. And then I hear, ask them if they have their seatbelt on. I'm like, mommy, papi, do you have your seatbelt on? My mom's like, I don't. I'm like, mom, put it on. She's like, oh, I usually put it on. So she puts it on. And then I hear, take off a bracelet from your right hand because it's clunky. It could harm you. I took it off. So I'm like trying to sleep because we left at 3.30 in the morning and we're driving and we're trying to get to where we're going. Next thing you know, five, six minutes after I do these things, my dad was speeding, I have to say. He's deceased now, so por favor, you know, it's okay. Now I could say it. He was speeding. The tire explodes. We lose control of the wheel, and we're headed towards a truck. 
And I'm like, la verdad, really, God, like universe, I'm going to die like this. Like, this is the Vanessa life. This is the way Vanessa life ends. Smashed in a car, dying, you know, like, I didn't write my book yet. I didn't go full time. Like, what's happening here? I didn't affect like thousands of, I mean, I affected some level, but I was like, I want to affect more. I impact people. And I keep hearing, you're fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. But we're like careening. We're headed there. Mm. And it was slow motion. My dad suddenly throws the wheel over and we start rolling. Oh my God. Three times we flip. As we're flipping and I'm holding on to the chair in front of me because I was sitting up. So I was in a great position to hold in. And I'm flipping and I'm like, hey God, just pull me out of my body. Let me like, let me come back and coach my family because they're going to be sad that I died. Like I don't have a seatbelt. And I'm hearing, you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. You're going to come out better than ever. Everything's going to be okay. You're totally fine. You are totally fine. You're completely fine. That's what I keep hearing. It's not As me. the car's rolling. Yeah, you're totally fine. You're told, and I'm like, hey, can you pull my spirit out before the neck cracks? Because the windows broke, and I the the glass was down. The pots and pans from the back that were in a box that wasn't closed were flying. Nothing hit me, right? Nothing hit me. But I'm flipping, and it's slow motion. And then we land. My parents are hanging from the ceiling from their seatbelts. I'm sitting on the roof with glass all around me. And I don't know if I'm living or dead. And I'm like, uh, um, uh, like, I'm like quiet. Cause I'm like, am I alive? Am I dead? Am I, what are you and then I hear my brother's screaming, Vanessa, mommy, daddy. And I answer when I answer, I hear my own voice in my body. So I know I'm alive. Mm-hmm. And then my mother's screaming. My dad's like, get me the hell out of here. So I start, you know, taking them out, helping them as they crack and I, they drop. And then we crawl out. Like I help them crawl out. The crazy thing about this is that I had socks on before. That literally blew my socks off. I only had one sock on when I crawled out. I don't know what happened to me. I don't know what happened to me. I'm telling you. I had two, and they were like anklets, but one was completely gone off my toe, my foot. It was just the weirdest thing. (laughs) And my mom and I, I went up to my mom and I'm like, we still have work to do. I said to her and the ambulance arrives. They're like, it's good that you weren't had a seatbelt. Cause I'm like, I didn't have a seatbelt. They're like, Oh, they put me in a neck brace. Oh my God. Put me in a whole thing. My mom and I go, she had five broken ribs from the seatbelt and she had a heart attack. She had a heart attack wow. during the accident. I don't know if it was the impact. I don't know what, or the fear whatever, but imagine her with no seatbelt. And so this event, as I crawled out, I heard literally, go full time, never look back. Don't go back to corporate. So it was very dramatic. Wow. And acuérdate, remember that from October to December, you know, break, lay off the day before, break up with a soulmate, um, car accident, uh, not enough money, like all the things. People were like, they say, what's going on with you? You must have been, been a bad person in another life. And I was like, no, I am a grape and the universe is trying to make me into wine. I'm a piece of coal. They're trying to make me into a diamond. <laughs> but all along inside, I was like, I'm a good person. Why? Why? I do the circles right. for 15 years. Like, I've been doing my spiritual work, people. I'm in therapy. I pray to the ancestors. What? I've been on this from the beginning. And I have not, you know, I've listened to you. But that's what led me. And what then ensued, that was December. Two weeks later, my surgeon leaves me a message at 9 p.m., on a Friday night saying, Vanessa, call me. And as she's hanging up the phone, she says to the, to the people in the office, I guess we could get, we could go to jail for this. So I'm freaking out all weekend. My guides are like, you're okay. I found out that in my surgery, I actually contracted MRSA 
right? And MRSA is that really bad infection that doesn't mm -hmm. respond to antibiotics. Well, you could lose a finger, you could lose a leg, you could lose a body part. I had it from October to January when they called me. So these are the things that like shook me. So I lost my love. I lost my job. I lost my health. I almost lost my life. You know, it was like really intense, intense. And so I went, I got the treatments. I got what I needed. I came out okay. And at that point, because they told me no corporate, I was like, okay, now I got to build a business. I don't know what I'm doing. So I sat down and talked to my guides. I had already been teaching intuitive classes. And so I didn't do it the normal way where you write out a business mission. I do think that you should have a mission for your business. I think that you should look at who is your clientele that you're going to serve. I think that knowing, you know, I also do business astrology. So I'll look at your chart and I'll be like, oh, you're serving the wrong people. That's why. And your marketing is off. This is what's going on. Or I go into the records in my work, right? I do intuitive readings for businesses. But for me, it was different. And what I want to say, number one, for all of us in terms of our journey, spiritual journey, our business journey, it doesn't look the same for anybody. And one isn't better or worse than anybody else's. It just is what it is. Sometimes people got to go. Like somebody said to me, I'm so sad. I never did everything that you did. And I'm like 40 something. And, and you know, I don't have the history you have. I'm like, but girl, you have four kids that I don't have. And you have grandkids. And now you have the freedom from your divorce and all the money you got right, to build a business peacefully, right? I'm not saying that we should do that, but I'm just saying everybody has their own story. So the one thing that I would say is one, don't compare yourself to anybody else. Your spiritual journey, your psychic abilities, your intuitive abilities, your spiritual abilities, your business is not going to look like anybody else's and nor should it. And then the other thing that happened at that point, so I sat down, I'm like, what do I do? Okay. I created a Eventbrite, I believe. I don't know if Eventbrite was around. Was Event? No, it wasn't around. Eventbrite wasn't around at that point that I knew about it. I created an email and I said, $97 before the next four days, sign up for the four-week intuition class. And I taught it on the phone, okay? Because there was no, Skype was one person. Right, Skype was right. Person. $97, I get 25 people what over $2,000, right? Mm -hmm. And I sent it to people, my clients who had asked me for online stuff. So, oof, okay, now I paid the rent. Then the second one, second course, I did the same thing. They wanted more intermediate now intuitive training. Oof, let's go. And I'm already a psychic, you know, many years and professionally paid, made $3,000. And then I talked to my old coach who's like, girl, you got to sublet your apartment. You got to live off people's living rooms. I'm like, I'm still sick from the MRSA. I'm still healing. I'm, I'm exhausted. I had anemia after, and I was anemic after the surgery, right? <clears throat> I got, she's like, you got to sublet your house. You got to travel. And like, and those are the stories that we hear of some extreme entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. I cried. My mother's like, you're insane, but I back you. And I'm like, you made it out of that car accident. Nothing wrong with you. Not even, I had one black and blue right here on my arm. And when people said, saw it, right. I'd go, that's where the angel pushed me back into the seat. So I wouldn't like flop around in the back seat. Oh and se fue and nothing. Not even my hand was strained from keeping my body and nor mm -hmm. my foot. I took an Epsom salt bath in the hotel because we had to stop. My mom was in the hospital for a week after that accident. And we had to stop. And my dad had glass in his forehead and his head. I didn't have glass on me. I didn't have anything but that little black and blue on my right arm. And so I felt like I had a second chance. Mm -hmm. And I felt like in this lifetime, I got to, I'm getting to 
do the things I couldn't and finish in other lifetimes. To be an elder, right, who is abundant and has a lot of healers and people that she's supporting behind her. And after that, I came to a standstill. I'm like, all right, so I did two courses. What am I doing next? My guides are like, you're doing a $9,000 program. And it's going to be all online. And it's going to be nine months. And you're going to have diverse teachers. So I had teachers who were teaching. I had a Celtic shaman, shamanistic teacher. But the one, and then I had a West African who was a priestess of Oshun open the whole thing and bless us and bless all of us. Then I had my teacher, Beverly Little Thunder, who's a Lakota woman, her daughter, Lushanya Chevarria, who is part Latina and part Lakota. I brought all the people that I had known in my spiritual journey already. Mm -hmm. I was terrified. Look, I had no mailing list. And this is now 2012, 2013, right? There was Facebook, but no video on it. If you wanted to do video, you had to buy the camera. You had to get an editor. It was a different thing. And I'm coming from a training and a background where you don't take pictures of your altar, where you don't do all these things. So I created, because I was the urban priestess at that time, and so I call myself this, the urban priestess, and I created a nine-month program where you break through fears, you reclaim, you go from the apprentice to the inner, like, wise person, right, to the, mm -hmm. to the wise woman or wise man. But it was really for women. I got nine or ten, I got ten people, but one of them dropped out. And I did not live at home. I sublet my place. I went to Panama. I taught in Costa Rica. I taught in LA. I was crazy. It was like, it was like spread your wings and fly, mujer. And so the first thing is nobody's business is going to look like that. Two, on your spiritual path and in your spiritual business, at some point, you're going to be asked to take a leap of faith. Don't let it be anything that somebody outside of you is pushing you. Let it be an internal process that's inviting you into it. That's how you realize it's in an alignment. I know I'm talking a lot, girl. I know. I'm gonna, girl, it's okay. It's all time. Exactly get, amazing. I know. And I love you for allowing me to like speak on this, like in this way. And then I sat there and let me tell you, I was in Miami when I, the program came out. Okay, I didn't have the money to get this beautiful artist who had done work for a lot of famous people in New York that I knew who was my client. And so she created a banner for me, like a badass banner with like women's arms going up. Now everybody sees that. And there's an image that's very typical, right? Like you see the women like holding hands, right? Mm -hmm. Together or like arms up in the air, like almost in prayer together. We did that, the Urban Priestess Mastery, I called it the nine month program, $9,000. And this is a face-to-face -face program. It's online. Oh, online. 2012, 2013. Online, so anybody could do it. Mm -hmm. um, and I also think that any business is that that any business is a spiritual business because it's teaching you to show up in ways and take risks and love yourself and get out of your comfort zone, right? Mm -hmm. Because being an entrepreneur is about solving problems. Mm -hmm. And as a reader, you're not really solving a problem; you're giving information right? It's different. And so we have to remember, instead of coming at your business always as a healer perspective, you also have to solve the problems. What problems are you solving? And so I was there and I was like, okay, people are lost. People. So in 2012, a lot of my taglines were navigating chaos through empowered intuition or navigating chaos, which is chaos right now, right? So I was like ahead of my game already going online Telling people, yo, estamos despertando, awakening to our gifts, let's go. And then building businesses that are sustainable and give us freedom. And so I did this. 
And I'm in Miami. I'm like crying to my mother. She's like, Mira, you're going to have to go back to the corporate world. You left your home. You've been bouncing around for three months. You created this business. Okay, muy lindo. But you can't. You use your savings. You're not a baby anymore. <clears throat> you're alone. You're on your own. And, you know, they didn't have the really the income to give, and nor did I ask. I remember going to bed that night, laying in my bed, and just like opening up my heart, my heart chakra. And I said to God, Dios, God, angels, guides, ancestors, you better help a sister out. You better get some clients in here. Because if you don't, I'm going back to corporate. I don't care if you save my ass. I don't care. We're in a relationship right now. I did my part. I said to this woman, please create this banner for me and I'll pay you when I make the money. That's what I told her. It was like $1,500. So she charged me to do all the visuals back then. She, wow. was, she was well known. And so, and somebody else created the website website for me. And I was like, I'll pay you when I, when I get it. Like, you know, and they're like, we believe in you. You could do this. And I'm laying there crying. And I'm like, if you don't give me an answer and I don't, because no, nobody, nobody bought anything. It's already two weeks after the launch. I'm not used to that. I had already done two programs. People bought everything in three days. And I hear a ping on my phone. And then I hear another ping. And it's two appointments to talk to me about my program. The woman comes in the next day. She buys the program. And she goes, my assistant's going to talk to you too. She wants to do it. I'll send you the $18,000. How do you want it? My mouth drops to the floor. My tears are in my eyeballs. And essentially, that woman who signed up and signed her assistant up with $18,000, right? Mm -hmm. Like, changed my life now. But now, that's basically a couple of months after. It was March. That was a couple of months after being in an accident. That was just a couple. I was still like healing from MRSA. Mm -hmm. And so I don't think that everybody should go be crazy and create a program, put all of it into that. Mm -hmm. Pay attention to the signs in your life. If you're losing a lot of things in your life and you've already been doing some spiritual work and your guys are like, yo, fly already. Hello, abuela, abuela, let's fly. You need to look at what you're being invited to. Now, some people get told by a coach, you need to quit your job and you need to do these things. They quit them, but then the anxiety of not having money cuts their creativity down. Mm -hmm. So for me, because I'm the oldest daughter and I'm not, I was not born in the U.S. and I was born in New York City and I had to figure all the stuff out by myself, right? My mom's English was not good till the end. I have the energy where I can tap dance and make it rain. I know what it's like, bueno o malo. You could say, well, that's very stressful. And so for me, being a situation where I had to suddenly tap dance and make it rain after, you know, 15 years of doing this already, I was an expert already. I just had to do it online. The money came in. I supported myself. I hit six figures my first year. Now, recovering from that, one of the things that I always do is I always assess myself every year. I always assess, is this still sustainable? Because you may be working too much for what you're making. And then you're like, and I've worked a lot last two years. Now I'm going to start backtracking again and making things different. But you've got to ask, because the thing with a business is, it could be phenomenal for a year. It could be great for two months, and then it could be terrible. So we're always thinking about how is this sustainable to my energy, to my, and so I was coaching from the first year, after fourth or fifth month, I started to do coaching work, intuitive coaching and coaching for building business and other things, um, because that's what's going to give you the steady income. You get seven or eight people at $1,500.
boom, you got money. Now the readings come here. The Reiki comes there. You got a class over here. You got a retreat. And so I think that some, so if you're out there and you're like, oh, well, I tried to do readings. It didn't work. Well, it wasn't going to work. Building a business where you're only doing readings is not going to work because even if you charge $500 and you're famous, how many of those are you going to get? Because we're not, you're not famous. I'm not even famous. I'm well known in some areas, but I'm not famous, right? And mm -hmm. fame is relative these days. You could be TikTok famous, YouTube famous, Instagram famous, you know all that. Town famous, famous in your town. And so you're never going to really make all that you really need to flow and be feel abundant and spacious from being a Reiki person or being just a reader. There's always going to be diverse offerings that you're going to have that if something dries up over here, this course is picking up and you go with the flow and the energy of what's happening in the world. If it's time to do more coaching, you're going to knock that out if you're a coach or if it's time to do more readings, but readings are going to be exhausting because we're not supposed to do as many spiritual hours of work as we do a regular job. We're not supposed to do eight hours of sessions a day. Have I done them yet? I have the capacity for it. I don't want to continue like that though. And so if you're a spiritual entrepreneur, if you want to be a healer that goes online, sit down. Start to assess your life story because this didn't happen overnight, even if it seems like you just took a course two years ago. What were those points in your life that you realize you're a healer? What were those points in your life that you realize you wanted to do your own thing? What were those? And then look at your career. All, I was a coordinator. I did so many different things. I'm doing them all now. I was also paid to write. I write my own copy. Like, you know, and so all of the skills that we had, and I have degrees in communication and Latin American Caribbean studies, right? And so everything serves. And so those are some of the points. And, you know, and then I hit six figures every year and even more. But then in 2019, I kept hearing business bruja, business bruja, biz bruja, biz bruja. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to change that shit. What are you doing to me? What are you doing to me? <laughs> They're like, Urban Priestess is done. You're done with that. It's over. And the name doesn't matter, Vanessa, although branding people will tell you that it's a make or break. And it can't, maybe it is. But they were like, go with Bisbu So I changed it, got the trademark, and then did my podcast where I talked about coming out of the Bruja closet. Although I've been out all my life, mm -hmm. now I'm out big publicly. And so you're going to have these changes. You're going to have these shifts. So someone who's starting out, they have just maybe gotten certifications and they're finally coming out of the spiritual closet. They're owning their gifts. They're starting their side hustle. Like what's your recommendation for someone who wants their dream is to go full time and how to navigate things and the myths that come along with the reality of having a spiritual business, because you've been doing this for a really long time. You're not an overnight success. You have busted your ass making this happen. And and, and Natalie, I love that you said that because at 22 or 23, I got a reading from an astrologer. She says, you're an antique. And I'm like, what does that mean? She goes, you're an antique. And people right now are not going to really appreciate you. I don't want to cry because I felt this, right? And I may cry. But it's like, you're an antique. And the older you get, the more, the more wanted you're going to be the more listened to, the more appreciated you're going to get. So don't be afraid of, so she's like, you're not the little shiny new bauble that people are going to run after. People who come to you are listening to their soul. 
And I was 23, like, what is she talking about? I want to be a spiritual director. I mean, a, a film director. What is she talking about? And she said, you're going to work really hard for over 20 years, and then it's going to look like you were overnight success. You know? And she said that to me. And so what I would say to somebody new who's starting out, who took their certification, paso a paso. What does that mean? Don't go, I mean, I'm just being very clear. I would not, and again, you have to assess yourself. I would not hire all of the people to do all of the things for you yet when you haven't grown into the space that you're really wanting to be in. So I've seen a lot of people who got all the, like $10,000 photo shoot. Yes, I did. I've seen people. The website. I've cried when I've seen those things. Like, I don't have things like that. My spirit's like, please don't worry. You just do the work. We keep showing up for you. And they created all the elements and the accoutrements of what success is. Mm-hmm. And within two years, they were out because like this is not my thing. <clears throat> and so what I'm saying to you is, first, be the practitioner of the thing that you're trying to sell. You want to be an accountant, be a badass accountant. Do the sessions, do the sessions, do the sessions. If you want to be a healer or you're a coach or you're a therapist, you know, I've known people who said, well, nobody's booked me, so I haven't done anything for a year. I'm like, mama, give five sessions away for free. Mm-hmm. Like, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you do that? <clears throat> because I deserve to get paid and pay. I get paid. I was like, listen, what I get, I cannot charge what I deserve. That's my take on it, by the way. Everybody's different. I cannot charge what I deserve and I cannot charge my price because I'm not for sale and I don't have a price tag on my booty. I charge what I, what my overall plan of what I know my energy is and what I, and what I want to do. But when people say I have to charge my worth, girl, you're priceless. That's my take on it. I know a lot of business coaches are like, you have to charge your worth. You have to charge your worth. I go, so should I charge like $500,000 for a one hour session? <laughs> Half a million? I mean, not, I that, love that. not what I'm worth though. And so True. if you are starting out, do what you do. And I'll tell you why. A class can only take you so far. Mm-hmm. Books can only take you so far. Doing the doing of the thing gives you an education that's embodied in your mind, body, and spirit. It's going to give you information, like all the readings, all the energy work, pulling stuff out of people, teaching. It's given me insights. There's no way. And I've seen people, I've seen people who've skipped some steps and suddenly, you know, for some reason or another, got a book deal or do this and they're talking about healing. And I can tell when they don't have the experience, right? Because they don't, they have one story. They don't have a lot of insights. And so what you want to do, it doesn't mean that you don't charge. But it means if you've just got a Reiki certification, you're a master teacher, go out there and maybe offer a free level one class to a homeless shelter if they're interested. Offer to a community that is in need and you learn and you grow by also giving back to the community. Offer yourself, show up in sessions. Become become the expert in your field for reals for reals. Because mm-hmm. what everybody is told through a business point of view and business coaches, they're like, get these pictures because you're going to look professional. Get this brand name, get this branding, get these colors, do this thing. But the energy of the expertise isn't there and energy doesn't lie. And so my biggest, biggest, most important, you know, from somebody who's been in this a long time is actually do what you say you do. You're a hypnotist, hypnotize a couple of people every week even if you have to give it away for free. You're a reader, you best read. Do what you do because what happens is, let's say you don't read anybody for a year or you don't heal or you don't work with anyone. Suddenly you get this big opportunity to speak in front of 200 people. 
yeah, you might pull it off, but then people are going to book you. And now, and I've seen this because I have clients who come to me, you're having a mental breakdown because you haven't done anything in a year and you're scared, right? It's like, why are you going to run a marathon and you haven't run for a year? Mm -hmm. And that's, and like, I knew a woman who got a book deal in mediumship, but she actually wasn't a, a medium. Like she wasn't a practicing medium. She downloaded a lot of information. So she downloaded, and that's what she wrote. And then the book came out. She got booked out. She did one session. She'd collapse and call me. She called me. She's like, you've been doing this for years. It's because she doesn't have the capacity. And so we've got to talk about capacity too. Obviously, capacity is gained over time. But let's say, like, I'm doing, I'm working with a trainer. I'm doing interval training and weights. My trainer now brought me up to do more things that on the first day, he only had me do one and then I would take a break, another thing, and then I would take a break, an exercise. Now he has me do three and then I, then I take a break. I'm doing the ball slams, I'm doing the ropes, I'm doing the step ups, and then I take a break. And then I do the whole sequence again. Day one, he didn't get me to do that. When we are trying to create a business and are inviting in the energies to book you out, to get invited to things, and suddenly you get booked, but you haven't been doing it, that's where a lot of the imposter syndrome can come in too. We could avoid all of it. We can avoid all of it by just doing what we say we do. And so practice the, the skills or the craft that you are going to offer people. Do it with friends, get testimonials, give things away for free on social media. Don't pressure yourself to try to look like the big girls and the big guys who have been around a bit. Be you. You're only going to be new at your business for a certain amount of time. After a while, it'll be like, oh, yeah, they've been around five years, but, yeah, they're not really busy, right? You're, you're new in that time where you're new. Reach out. Get mentors. Say, hey, I'm new. Would you like to have a conversation with me, you know, about your business? People have done that to me. I've had conversations. I just talked to them. I didn't charge them. Like informational, right, um, interviews that people used to do when we were looking at jobs in corporate world. We would have informational mm -hmm. Some people don't want to do that. They're like, I'm too busy. But allow yourself to do also research. It's not only also your spirit. Do research in your field. Who's out there? What's out there? And so it's a combination of practice what you're going to be doing. Allow yourself to be new. You don't have to lie. Don't try to present a facade that isn't true because let's just say this. I can predict this and I know that it's true because I've seen it. We're going to get much more spiritual savvy as the audience. We're going to learn discernment over time. Right now, everybody's bowled over by readings, $5, and then they're running, you know, and doing it or whatever it is. And then there's fake, fake accounts. Everybody's like moved by people going, I can change your life. I'll heal you. I'll bring you back that love that left, you know, all this bullshit out there. We're going to become more discerning because everybody's in a spiritual journey that is becoming more and more conscious every day. And so know that your journey won't look like other people. Do not compare, please. Two, get a team of supportive people around you. It could be good friends. It could be a coach. It could be a healer. Um, three, allow yourself to be new. Like, I wish I was new, new even when I was new because people didn't treat me like I was new because I was 39 and they're like, you've been doing this. But I was a new business person, but people didn't really help me, to be honest with you. People didn't give me a lot of tidbits or things because they'd give it to the 22-year-old. They're like, ah, she's already been doing this. So allow yourself to be fresh, to be new, to be like, hey, I'm the new person on the block and I'm doing this. Allow yourself to make mistakes because sometimes mistakes aren't mistakes. They're course correcting. They're educational. 
Allow yourself to do research. Allow yourself to change your mind. There's a lot of people that discover that they're psychic or intuitive and they did great readings. Now they're like, I'm going to do Reiki and I'm going to do readings. And then they go out there, they're like, oh, damn, I'm tired. And I'm in front of a laptop all day. Shit, I didn't plan for this. And so then you get to assess. Because, and I want to I want to give this example. So in the early 90s, people were flooding New York and very, very much earlier too, and they're still doing it. People flood New York and people flood California and LA to become famous, right? It could be in the Wall Street market. It could be Hollywood. It could be TV. The people have always traditionally come into LA and come into New York City to be somebody. That's the thing. I remember taking acting class because I'm like, well, I'm going to be a director. So I want to learn how to understand the actor. Acting helped me heal, helped me tap into my anger, into my shadow. But I didn't go and become an actress. It still helped me. There are some people that are going to start a business that is part of your spiritual growth. It may not be your journey. It may not be your final destination. And yet there's nothing wrong with that. We're a culture that says that if we don't become some huge Oscar winner, why should we take an acting class? Are you going to do it for a living? No, I'm doing it for fun. I'm doing it to grow. And so allow, because we put people are putting so much pressure that they're supposed to succeed the first year, that they're supposed to have all these clients. And I can say for being online now nine years, right, where I completely support myself from this work, it can be tiring to continue bringing in clients. And I'm not the type of person that also pushes people to re-sign with me. Mm -hmm. I sometimes tell them, go take a break and we'll come back, get a breather. Um, because I believe that's lack mentality. And that I want the person to be really excited about working together and working on their business or working on their healing. Allow yourself to explore and to trust that your authentic gift is enough for you. See, when I first came out online, I spoke to three top PR people. They told me, you're never going to make it. Urban, priestess, what? because there were no priestesses out at that time, 2012, mm -hmm. 2013, like online space. There were priestesses in the towns and the cities and the villages and all that, but not somebody like taking a photo, hey, urban priestess, you know, and, and publishing and all that. They're like, you're not going to make it with that name. Whoever heard of a psychic medium and a coach mixed together and a hypnotist and a Reiki energy person, that's confusing. You don't have a niche. You're never going to make it. Look at me now. I don't know where you're at, but I don't see your name when I Google PR anymore. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> you're already well known at that time. And so, mm -hmm. and also I remember when I was like, oh, I'm going to do a photo shoot with all these women doing this beautiful ceremonia circle, all dressed in white. No, no, don't do it. Everybody does that now. That's like typical when you look at women who mm -hmm. work in women's circles. And I followed that advice, which was ridiculous, but I did. And so it's really important because when you're going to succeed, you're also going to be innovative. And so I want to share one story where I had spoken at a big stage. People loved me, but I didn't know enough. And somebody came up to me and went, what do you do? And you know what I said? I gave them the laundry list. They don't want to know that. They don't want to do you do Reiki. Yes, yeah, so do many other people. Yeah, you're intuitive. Who cares? You do hypnosis. Whoopsie daisy. And then they looked at me and walked on. And I didn't know enough at the time. I came to find out when somebody goes, hey, what do you do? So you know what? I use my intuitive abilities and my skill set to help people break through ancestral stories and their ancestral patterns so they can reclaim the power of their intuition and have the best 
most healthy life and create a sustainable business that helps elevate themselves, their fam families, and their communities. Oh, I want to have you on my podcast. So I want to interview you. So different from, I do ancestral work. I do this. Like, don't list the modalities. Like, list the results. Yeah. Like, what's... Mm -hmm. Or the tagline. I help mm -hmm. Because, and also, I have a very wide berth. Look, I do help people build their businesses. But right now, I'm also working with a couple of people who have illnesses that doctors don't know why and people who mm -hmm. have cancer. Right. And they came to me and they're doing energy work and hypnosis with me. A lot of people have healed. Also, I get calls from people who have body pain, who have a menstrual pain and they don't understand why. And then we go and do past lives. We clear it. And then they're like, whoa, I'm dating again. I, I, you know, and so that's how I choose to live. That could be overwhelming to other people. Mm -hmm. Some people are like, I need to do two things and that's it. Do that. That's who you are. I have a lot of Gemini in my chart. I like it. It's fun for me. You know what somebody said to me? Oh, when I do a reading that I need an hour to go into a business uh, coaching class, a business coaching, and then I need an hour to go and teach. That's good that they understand themselves. I don't need that. I'm like reading, let's go to podcasts. Okay, I'm teaching a class. Oh, got that. I'm going to write an article now. But that's the Gemini energy within me. And so it's very important to honor yourself, not compare and understand that your unique ability will still succeed and it doesn't have to look like anybody else's. And another thing, like don't buy, you know, people have different levels of privileges in the world. People have different levels of connections. Please, please, I beg you, don't be sad. I've done this. I've cried. Where you see that someone has some partner who's supporting them while they do this and you're like, shit, I'm alone. Or you know that somebody comes from a very wealthy family and they're paying for everything in their business. Let them do themselves. Let them walk that journey. That's their journey. Something in your spiritual makeup has asked for you to build yourself from scratch like I did in this life, right? And there's something there for your spirit and there's a lesson there for you. And know that it does not matter who you know or don't know, how much money you have, how much you don't have. When you're meant to do this work and you're anchored into it and it's in alignment, you're going to work. People are going to call you. You're going to be interviewed. And so I do ask from my heart because I've been there and I've wept those bitter tears with my mom who'd be on the phone like, no puedes dejar, you can't leave now, you know. It's a wild adventure and it could be the most amazing adventure of your life. And I also, I advise people to, continue doing the spiritual work on themselves. Like do the past life regression if you need it. Do the ancestral work if you need it. Do the breath work. Understand who you are and how you work best and give yourself that. And another thing too, I, I know I want to give you a chance to ask questions, but I do, this is another thing that's coming to mind. What I've seen in the last year and a half is like an influx of people creating businesses on TikTok, on Instagram, right? And everybody's a reader and everybody's a guide. And yeah, we are. We are all intuitive. And we all have something to guide. It's an overwhelming market right now. Right? Yeah. So don't give up. The people who used to go to five people now are going to 300 people or 1,000 people or maybe 100,000 people. Don't give up. And if you speak Spanish and you feel comfortable, you know, I in a year and a half, I did videos on Facebook and I got 44,000 followers in a year and a half. You know what those 44,000 followers were asking me for? When's your next curso in Espanol? I'm like, oh, girl, let me translate. Let's go. Taught my classes. When are you going to do this? When are you going to do that? 
when are you going to teach this? When are you going to teach that? There I am translating late into the night or I actually paid somebody to translate some of my courses. So I was teaching courses in English and Spanish. And then Facebook blocked algorithms. This was already 2016, 2017, yeah, 2017, 2018. And there I was crying on the floor going, oh my God, I was like making bank in Latin America and Spanish speakers all over the world and English all over the world and Japan, people from Australia work with me. And now they can't see me and I have 44,000 followers. So that leads me to my next story, which is don't like people are infiltrating TikTok. People are all over Instagram. They cannot be the center of your world. I have seen Facebook come and go. I post some stuff there, but it's more like rehash. I just repost it. Mm -hmm. I'm not active there. I used to do uh, free like readings and talk about the moon, um, new moon and full moon for years on my Facebook. Okay. I don't do that because now I get paid to write articles. And so when you're on a social media platform, make sure that you have a mailing list where you're co collecting people's emails. Yep. I always preach that. Because if any of these platforms disappear tomorrow, like Trump almost eliminated TikTok, you know, a couple years ago. And if your whole business is built around one platform, you can be out of business overnight if you don't have an email list. Exactly. And I have one in English and Spanish. The Spanish one is not as active right now. And but that broke my heart. Can you imagine for a year and a half doing two videos five days a week in English and Spanish every day, no matter how many sessions you have? That was me. Wow. 44,000 followers in a year and a half. And it was a soul minute with V, un minuto para alma con Vanessa. I hope y'all don't take it because it's protected, so don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> People are like, they're like, oh, I heard it somewhere, I feel it. And then you see a podcast, and you're like, wait a minute. But what's going to happen is those things are going to happen. But the truth is, if you're really anchored in your deep mission, you don't need Facebook to continue working. Because guess what? Like I contacted a couple of places here in Pennsylvania. Even though my price point is higher than Pennsylvania because people don't make that much money here as compared to New York or other places. And I offered and I went and taught Reiki classes in person. And then I went and I did an in-person ancestral circle. Was it a lot of money? No. But guess what? They became clients and they told two people and they told two people and they told two people. Mm -hmm. and so my other advice is to always be seeding. Now, always be seating doesn't mean closing because some people say always be closing. I'm not always closing. You know, sometimes people call me and they're like, I don't know if I should do this. I talk to them and then I release them because I think that a lot of coaching tactics are very, you know, energetically colonizer, capitalistic bullet bullshit. Mm. I have had people cry to me and say, this amazing coach told me to get my credit card from my mother and give them $25,000. I'm like, you're just starting out. You don't need no $25,000 coach right now. But they're trained that way. A lot of business coaches are trained to always be closing. I always say, mm -hmm. always be seating. Mm -hmm. So what does that mean? People are up with the, I have to get paid for my value. Ah, right? A lot of newbies tell me that. And a year later, I see that they're still not making an income. And I'm like, mamita, didn't they ask you to speak on this thing for free? Oh, I got to get paid to speak. Okay. Why don't you do a giveaway? Give a reading so people can know you. And then they could tell two friends. They could give a testimonial. Oh, no, because I value myself. I got to charge. People, 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 I am how many decades in this now? I still do free stuff sometimes. And I don't lose anything because of it. You did the pay what you can for the yeah, oh, pandemic, right? Pay what you can was really great. And it came up. I never taught Reiki online before, but I'm in Reiki like 20 years. I didn't teach it, but I lost all of my coaching clients during COVID by April. The big money that was covering me and taking care of me. And... I sat there and I said, Spirit, you want me to serve? What do you want me to do? 
a lot of people were telling me you're a healer, just collect unemployment and rest. Mm. And you lost your dad and your mom, right? But I was like, this is when I'm needed the most. What do you think I've been training for? For people to be anxious and chaos to be happening and me to go and jump in there. That was my story, not everybody's story. And I created the pay what you can, but guess what? A thousand people came through and that still didn't mean, and my classes are no bigger than 30 people. So how many classes did I teach to get a thousand people? Seriously. I also certified people in Akashic Records. I created Nasim Mahikas, an eight-week intuitive program that I've been teaching under another name, but now I changed it. And I also, so I did Nasim Mahikas a couple of times during COVID. I started spiritual, the mediumship class because people asked me for it. I'm a generator in human design. You know, you have to respond. Yeah, so am I. <laughs> right, there, you there you go. And so I was responding all over the place, like way too much. <laughs> and that's where our spirit said, Vanessa, you're here to serve. You're here to just do a pay what you can. Some people got mad. They're like, oh, she's a coach and she's doing that. She's like, that's beneath her or whatever. I've been around a long time. I could do what I want. And I'm not you and you're not a psychic medium and you're not an energy worker. And you're not a hypnotist, right? The combination. Some more people are now studying it in combination. Mm-hmm. But you're a coach. So do your coach stuff and let me do my healer stuff. And so, but even with the pay what you can, even if some people, you know, something beautiful happened too. Some people started like buying spots for people. I didn't ask. Wow. And people were still, and you know, I paid way more than even the highest amount that I asked for, but that was its time. Is that going to be forever? I don't even think so. I might, I might translate my work into downloadable stuff, but I've done that before. And the thing with downloadable programs is people don't tend to finish them. I've tested it. I've done research for myself. I've mm-hmm. seen the numbers. And then people don't feel like it's changed their lives. But if they have modules and then they meet with me once every two weeks or once a week, and there's community, which I'm really good at creating mm-hmm. and gathering, people feel that this changed their lives. Mm-hmm. And so a pure entrepreneur is going to want to create a shop where they have everything downloadable and they're hanging out most of the week, Right. I'm a healer. I feel like I'm part activist and I'm also an entrepreneur. I want to solve problems. But if, you know, somebody said to me the other day, what if you had a business that everything was automated and you could just work two hours a week? I'd go, I'd hate it because I didn't go into this work. So I wouldn't work. Everybody's different. I like the contact with people. I'm going to get emotional now. I like being connected to people. I love serving people. I love seeing the transformations that happen. And these are things that you need to question yourself too. What kind of entrepreneur am I? If you're the downloadable kind, there's nothing wrong with that. Because maybe you're supposed to spend a lot of time with your family. And that's your calling. Really, it's to spend time with family and have downloadable programs. Or maybe I know people who say they're a healer, but really they write books. And books can be healing. But they're Mm -hmm. really not reading people. Although they say they're a reader, but they don't read people at all. Say you're an author and you're a healing author. Say you're a healing teacher through downloadable programs. It's all good, but you have to understand yourself too. And that takes time. I say I know a lot of people online who say, I hate one-on-ones. Oh my God, they're so draining, Vanessa. Aren't they terrible? People drain the hell out of me. I'm so tired of it. I also love group. I also love teaching and speaking to big audiences. And so Figure out what kind of entrepreneur you are. Are you somebody who really is like, yo, girl, I want to make bank, help people, but I want to be only working two hours a week and have the shit on automated. Go with your bad self, figure it out, solve that problem and do it. No, Vanessa, I don't want to teach classes. I just want to do a lot of one-on-one. Well, eventually it's going to be tiring. You're going to probably come to a class maybe five years in, 
because it's overwhelming or you're going to have to charge a higher amount, right? Mm -hmm. To be able to, to be healthy or people who just say, I don't want to do one-on-one and I don't want to speak in public and I don't want to write any books. I don't want to write anything. I just want to guide circles and teach online. Go with your bad self. Let somebody else write it for you, right? Like the Reiki, I didn't write that manual. It's passed on, but I wrote everything else from my spiritual mediumship, from my Nasima Magicas. And so these are all so many things that I'm throwing at people, but it's so important and it's not logical. If it's in you, you can sit down and write your mission. If it's in you, you could sit down and write, who's my ideal client? But it's already in your heart. And a lot of times our clients have something to do with us. And check on your values, which we all know. That's like a basic coach 101, right? Look at your values and your values are going to guide your, your business. Sit down. You know, my values many years ago when I did this, I think it was 2001, the person who was guiding the exercise left out the word love. And I raised my hand and said, you didn't have the word love there. She's like, that's your value because you mm. noticed. She read like 200, 300 values. Love, integrity, transformation, community. Notice intuition is not in there. But me being in my community, me being in integrity is me being intuitive, right? Mm -hmm. Transformation. And so if yours is being seen, powerful, like some people are like, I want power. I want to be seen as a boss. I, I see those values in some of the people that I've worked with. That works for them. They're going to be successful because they're aligned in their values. Because otherwise, you know, the story of the, the spiritual story that we say, oh, if people aren't good, they're not going to make it, please. How many abusive uh, politicians and dictators and people have we seen in the world and, and CEOs and all that who've just abused human rights and people and still are successful? They're aligned with their, neg their crappy values. And so success is going to come from you being truly aligned with what you love. Some people say, I love luxury and I feel guilty. I go, why? Offer luxury services and products. That's a beautiful thing. Some people need that. They're like, oh, you set me free. I'm like, no, you don't need to be. This is what it is. If your product's going to be a luxury item, that's all well and good. If your pro uh, product's going to be more accessible, that's all well and good. Just make yourself, you're not, you're not giving it away and then make sure your overhead is covered and make sure that you're having a return on investment. But it's really an extension of yourself. My husband said to me, oh, why don't you take a page out of this friend? So we have a friend who manages Airbnbs. And I think he gets paid like a 1000 a month, and then he gets paid a percentage. He's managing 30, so he's making 30000 a month basis, and then percentage, right? And now he's hiring people to manage it for him because he's an entrepreneur who solves problems. He's not necessarily a healer, right? Mm -hmm. He has a lot of kids. The mom is at home. My husband's like, why don't you do that? Why don't you build something and have all these hypnotists and all these energy workers doing it for you? And then you could pay them. And you, could... I go, I don't want to do that. I want to be connected with the community. I said, yeah, I'm hiring some teachers to teach. That's not the business blueprint for me. You know, it's been an hour and 15 minutes. Oh, my God, girl. You literally gave a masterclass. I didn't even need, I just thought, I'm like, I'm just taking notes. I don't even My God, know. So no, don't apologize. Cause it was all deliciousness and it was perfectly organized and the storytelling and everything was amazing. <laughs> like, I and I don't have any notes in front of me. This is literally like me channeling it, but it's, it's your life. When you've lived your life, 
yeah, you're just telling your story and what you firmly believe. Like you don't need a script. Like this is just who you are and your experiences. And I didn't need to even ask like clarifying questions or anything because you're explaining everything. Like everything's just, it's here and it's been, it's inspiring. I've taken a lot of notes and I love like the freedom of allowing people to be who they are and really like voicing, like it's not going to look like anybody's journey. Don't compare yourself, all of the strategy and this and that the old school become an expert in your craft and then everything will follow. You will get referrals and things will build like this overnight success thing is not a thing. You might buy all the bells and whistles, but if you don't know your craft, it's going to fall apart, you know, sooner or later and just, seeing it in your experience and knowing all these different professionals, either they're authors or this, and they claim that or whatever. It's, it's great insight for everybody who is beginning this journey, or they've been on this journey for a while. You know, even for me that I have been on this journey since your, your 2012, and now I'm like that car accident story. I was like, wow, because I know where I was literally standing on in 1221, 12, but it's it's true. All of these different things that we go through as healers and trying to figure out what it is and, and trying to do the thing and hiring the business coaches and comparing yourself to other people and and being sad when you see the other person has like all of these things and you're like, crap, I don't have that photo shoot or et el otro. And, eh, you just gave us so many gold nuggets that you're going to be able to repurpose this content. You just totally gave a masterclass. <laughs> Mi amor. Thank you, mi amor. Thank you, mi amor. And I, I do. And thank you for that support. Because during COVID, I was guided to be more of the teacher and the healer, mm -hmm. instead of, and less the soul biz coach. Mm. Because people were waking up, and people were hurting, and people were suffering with ancestral patterns and limitations, and anxiety and the unknown. And it was like, just go teach, give them tools, come on, let's go. And now I feel like even like the thousand people who came through the, the Reiki training and people who came through the intuition, now they're getting ready to now become the business people. And Spirit's like, okay, V, it's like your time to like now you've helped them, you know, you've done this, you've done that. They're stepping out on their own. Now they're ready for that. And so I'm coming back to presenting more material on that rather mm -hmm. than focusing on the healing and the teaching you know, about the actual practices. Like I'm also like a master teacher in the practices. Right. And mm -hmm. I love that stuff, but now it's like, okay, let's go to that part. And, you know, every year, Natalie, every year I sit down and I ask myself, I think I told you this before I light a candle, I breathe, I call my ancestors. Is this sustainable? Do you still want me here spirit? Mm. I do. I always ask. And I'm like, okay, am I, am I getting, you know, am I getting, is, am I getting the boot? Am I getting laid off? And every year, and every year, whenever I deal with a challenge, I'm like, you are my boss. So if this has come to an end, just let me know gracefully. Mm -hmm. you know? And then it's just stay. And my mother, would, when she was alive, she's like, that loca, are you crazy? She's like, you've survived this long. Now you're online. She's like, you're going to keep going and you must. But, but I do do that check-in because we're different year to year. We need different things, right? We're talking about being a mom, mm -hmm. getting married. At one point, I had to stop working um, a lot. I worked a lot to build my business, and I was in a flow of just five days a week. And I had time off. I saw my friends. And I had to date to meet my husband. You know? <laughs> so you're going to have those things where you're like, you know, I got to work out. I can't be working like these long hours. Or I'm going to go on a trip, or I'm getting initiated into a path. Like, 
they're going to be different priorities that are going to call you into different positions. And the great news about your business is that you could move it around. You could be like, it's going to be more classes this, this semester or this six months or this four months. It's going to be less this. It's going to be more writing and podcasting, less this. We have that ability to do that. It's so different though. Like I'm experiencing the transition from working in corporate and I worked in higher education 20 years and now transitioning to being an entrepreneur and moving through life in this way of like, what's going on this year, this season, what's going on on a global scale? How am I going to serve humanity here? How does spirit want me to show up? you know, right now, this year, this way, it's such a completely different reality and way of moving through the world than the traditional Monday through Friday, nine to five for decades on end. It's just such a different paradigm. It's fascinating and it's scary. It's been scary for me. It is scary. It's terrifying. Natalie, I've never been so scared in my life. Like still now? No, now I've been through so much. Mm-hmm. That the thing that the most important thing that my guides say to me is that I must remain healthy mm. because I hold everything together and I do completely support myself, even though I'm married. Mm-hmm. And I had a really amazing month last year where I was able to take half of that and fork over 20 K and put money down and a deposit in the house. And he had some money, you know what I mean? And all those things. And I can mm-hmm. do trainings and I do massages every week and I have a trainer. I pay all of that myself, you know? So mm-hmm. I do have an overhead, but I trust because after nine years of what I've been through, I've been through tough times. Girl, mm-hmm. I ate pizza for two months and then got hives because I never had an allergy to gluten, but suddenly I got it because I was having an orange and two pizzas a day because I was, I was like tight and too proud to oh. ask. Wow. But I was an adult. Right, right. You know, but this is not necessarily with my business. This mm-hmm. was when I got laid off and I'm like, what the hell am I going to do? And I'm like, let's mm-hmm. put the pizza because we got to use this money. And then I, all the things happen. Then I'm like, okay, let's do that. So I've experienced that. And I would, I would say this, and I know we have to close because it's been so long. Sometimes when we have a lot of privilege and sometimes when we're very, very comfortable, it gets harder to move our ass when it comes to growing a business. One of my one of my lucky things is that I've been completely on my own since I'm 21 in New York City. And I didn't have roommates after 22 because I didn't want to deal with the drugs, with all the men, all the sex parties, all the things mm-hmm. <laughs> that I saw happening. And that meant I had to sometimes work overtime or have my side business, you know, my readings and have this job. And so for me, it was not hard to be disciplined and to be like, let's tap dance, girl, make it rain, you know, because I also come from New York City. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You have that hustle, that energy. But I would say, you know, some people, and I don't like to use the word hustle, but it, you're, it's appropriate right here. I say to people, I flow. I'm like, oh, got to do this. Let's go flow, flow, you know, and I do it. And it's like, okay, class, but I am picking things that I love. Do mm-hmm. I have to do things that I don't love? Yes. Do I sometimes uh, hire out things that I don't love? Yes. But there still be a day where I can't get a hold of somebody who designed my website. And I'm the one who's going to have to update it because something's coming out. It's hot off the press and the thing didn't go through and they're in the hospital right now or something happened to them. And I know how to do those things. Mm-hmm. I can throw down a lead pages if I have to. I've done it before. I can design my ebook and do it. I mean, it's not going to be beautiful and I mean, maybe somewhat beautiful, but not. And so these are things. And so don't please, please 
having your own spiritual business is not a license not to work. It's not. At least in the beginning, you have to work before you get those only two hours of work a week with the chiching coming in. Yeah. But a lot of people think that. They're like, oh, I took some off. I'm going to. And they're hanging out. And they're like, and they're hanging out like that. Like I'm rolling in the chair right now, side to side. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, yeah, eight months happened. No, oh, I didn't do anything. I didn't. But I'm like, Mamita, you have to honor your time. You have to honor your business. If it's not Monday through Friday, but you still have to have your times where you come in. And you devote yourself to developing your work, business or your work or writing articles. I started to get known a lot too, aside of the community globally, because I wrote articles a long time ago that may not even be up right now because a lot of those places are down. Like mm -hmm. 2003, 2004, 2005. So we do have to commit to that. It doesn't happen out of the air. Like you're not going to binge on Netflix and, and, and no page is created and nobody knows anything and you haven't been on a live or a podcast and suddenly, you know what I mean? I mean, somebody might go, hey, I told people about your reading, but then there was the next step. They did the reading. Now what happens? So Right. How much time do you dedicate to like new client acquisition versus nurturing your that's existing people or community? That's interesting. So I consider this podcast nurturing new people. Mm -hmm. So whatever this time was. And then I go on live and I talk and I don't organize it anymore. So I suggest for anybody who's new, if you're going to be on a social media platform and you want to have a show or a weekly thing where people can expect to see you, that's your best bet to be consistent and people to know, like, and trust you. So I did that for years. Like it would be, this is happening at this time every day at four o'clock when I had a video, right? Mm -hmm. So now I don't do it because I'm in another space. Right. Um, if I feel like it, when I have a break, I go on every day, but I'm not like pushing or selling. I'm like, Oh, by the way, the mediumship class is going on. The way that I cultivate new people is by continuously showing, uh, well, not continuously. So there's no amount of time mm -hmm. today. It could be tonight. I'm on at nine o'clock. I'm being interviewed about something. So that'd be half an hour. Today was an hour and a half with you or a little longer. And then did I do a video today? No, I didn't. So it would be like two hours. But it's just like that. There's no major push. There's no major stress. Somebody said, "Come, we'd love to talk to you about hosting the co uh, the Shift Networks co you know Energy mm -hmm. Medicine Summit." I did it. It's finishing today. I'm imagining I've been seating the hell. I interviewed 22 people, 23 people, and I had my own interview. I've seated the hell out of a lot of people out there, right? Podcasts that come out at different times, mm -hmm. and so it's really like a flow. So it's not real. I mean, there could be a day where I don't do anything. Maybe I answered emails. But then again, I do get paid twice a month to write a new moon and a full moon article. In the new moon and full moon, I never say to anybody, I never give them a action. I'm booked into January. I, I, it's okay. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Mm -hmm. so that's mm -hmm. what happens when you start getting in the flow. Mm -hmm. But I would say to not let it be overwhelming. Let it be something consistent. If you're going to write a newsletter, then you're going to write it every Monday if you can. Uh, I know that we're like, it's our business. I want to do it when I want to. Okay, I get it. If you can't do it that Monday, it's all right. But it'll help you have some structure. Mm -hmm. And I always say everybody wants to fly, but every bird needs a nest. Your structure is a nest. What do you depend on? Your structure. And you fly off into new places and new clients and new things and you come back to your structure you shift your structure but that's what it is for me so it's not a lot a lot of time and also please don't do it from a sense of desperation offer value 
like write an article on something that you love and actually do some research and share it with a little bit of research and your experience or your thoughts on it. Post it everywhere. Trust it. Put good energy. Go, oh, bring me some people. And then you keep moving. Okay. Somebody invited you to IG Live. Let's go over there. Let's go over whatever. But let it flow. You know, sometimes people say, oh, my coach told me to sit down and write out 100 topics that I'm going to write about. I'm like, I know. It feels boring. But guess what? If you don't know yourself that well, or you're just starting out, it's not a bad exercise. What do you want to write about? What do you feel you could talk about? You know, off the cuff. And then you write it all out. And remember, everybody has different gifts. Like my mine is North Node in Pisces. I have South Node in uh, Virgo, right? But I do have a decent Virgo. It gives me structure. That means I'm supposed to improvise. I also do improv on the side. So as a hobby. And so I'm supposed to be like, oh, wait a minute, I have to get an IG now and I'm supposed to speak. It's part of like my destiny. Mm-hmm. So check out where your, where your north nodes are. If it's Virgo, that means you better organize your stuff. You're moving into more organization rather than being like, well, whenever it happens, you know. <laughs> and so it's important to look at yourself that way. But I mean, I, being consistent is really, it's an, I mean, I have a friend. I just want to share this quick story. He wrote one book a year. 12 books in 12 years. He travels to four countries a month. He is the Marion Williamson of Latin America. So he's talking about Curse and Miracles. He's a self-made person. He's been on more TV, more radio. And I was on a radio show. He, he's always like, always be seating. I'm like, yep, always be seating. He's always sold out at every event and everything that he does. He self-publishes because in Latin America, they don't really give you book deals like in English countries or United States. Oh, Not really. You have to be like a TV person. And they don't give you like $100,000. You know, it's not like that. He explained it to me. All of them are self-published. All of them have brought in income. He will do retreats with 40 people, five times a year, 40 people, and people are on a wait list. But what happened? He was doing, a, do you know what he did? He did a video every day, every day for five years. And one day he wrote me sad because he had laryngitis. I said, give yourself a break. You've been doing a video every day at four o'clock in the afternoon for five years, buddy. But he built that steady relationship with the audience. Mm-hmm. I know another person who now is really famous for hypnosis. Remember Periscope? Do you remember that app? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Precursor to Insta Stories and all these other things. Right, right. That girl was on three times a day talking about hypnosis and doing hypnosis. Wow. For three days, three times a, three times a day, three days. She became famous. She's in magazine articles. She has a book out, got a book deal. But that's what it is like. If people are looking for you, they want to know where they're going to find you. Mm-hmm. Psst, yo, you got to go at three o'clock and Vanessa's going to be talking about the moon. Okay. Three o'clock, Tuesday, three, you know, whatever it is. You want to create that structure where people know where to get you. Right now, I'm not really doing that. I'm booked and I'm going through a phase of my business where I want to pull back because I want to work on the book, right? Book proposal. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So that means that I'm already booked into January. I have courses that are going to come out next year, but I'm trying to simplify. So me needing to be super consistent in any way is not that important for me right now where I am. Right. At some point, though, let's say I get a book deal and the book is finished. I might start doing every Friday at five or every Sunday at noon. Because book is about to come out, right? People have to know me more. And so these are the strategies that we can use, Mm -hmm. you know? I feel like a lot of this is not, I don't say, I don't mean this in a negative way whatsoever, but I feel like a a lot of it's like the old school way of doing things. Like 
we're seeing that a lot of the frou-frou, you know, get build a quick over a build a course overnight and make thousands of dollars with this one course, course night and made thousands of dollars. And last year I didn't want to let in more tw- more than 20 people. My brother passed. My guide said you have to let in 80 people and I made $18,000 from just one course. And so it's a combination of the old school and also creating stuff like this cuz you said overnight I made six figures from a $9,000 program with no mailing list. And I wrote the copy myself. I asked the people to please create it for me that I would pay them back. That thing was up in less than two weeks. And then the money started to change to come in. And I have done webinars, not recently, where mm-hmm. I go on a webinar and I sell my program. And by the time, and I'm like, Maria, I saw that you just bought that, you know, the old school buying the things like that. Uh-huh. I saw mm-hmm. that you just bought it. Maria, we'd love to have you in the course. Gracias, Maria. Te vemos. Wait a minute. I see somebody else just purchased it. Cause I'm looking in my inbox mm-hmm. at the purchases and people are getting excited and now they're buying and they're buying and they're buying. And my first course online that I sold in a webinar, I walked out with $15,000. So it's a combination of overnight mm-hmm. sensation, you know, overnight mm-hmm. not sensation, but overnight money-making. And then how do you keep it going though? You build mm-hmm. your structure and you show up consistently. Mm-hmm. I hear you. So I think it's both. And at the same time, you're still already the expert at the craft. Right. And like the mediumship, everybody's asking me for years and years and years. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so busy. Oh my God, what am I going to do? And I was like, Vanessa, you're going to create this shit. It's going to be four weeks. Simple. Four modules. We'll meet every week because we need people when you're doing mediumship, they need to meet. I just wrote it all out. Nothing was recorded. And by the way, that's how I sell my programs. I don't prepare them before I sell them. And that's very old school marketing. Mm-hmm. You ship it. You prepare it, you sell it because people may not be interested. And if you spent money editing and making, I mean, now people are doing that on Teachable. They have to prepare it before they sell it. Not me. I wrote the copy. I sold the thing. And then I'm like, fuck, now I have to, excuse me for <laughs> Now, okay. Sorry, you can boop it out. I'm like, crap, now I have to create the thing. And then I'd be like, boop, create the module, boop, create the module, create the mm-hmm. PDF. But I've done that where the mediumship thing came in. 30 people or 40 people like seriously asked me and asked me and asked me. And I'm like, all right, it's going to be 200 bucks in four weeks. I could charge more. I'm a pro, but I'll do it like that. All the 40 people bought it in four days, three days. No ads. I just said, here, you asked me for it. I made it for you. Meet mm-hmm. So, but that comes into building a community, building a relationship with people. Right. You already have people who are there. They're giving you feedback. They're telling you what they want, what they need. Because they they're there you. already. Mm-hmm. They trust you. You've been. And one thing that I want to say that's a little bit of a secret, but I want to share it. A lot, a lot of people that I know who have big numbers online, whatever. They're like, I don't like to do one. I don't want to do one. I want to do one. I want to do one. But then they sell a retreat and nobody buys it. And I don't mean huge numbers. I mean, bigger than 10K. And that doesn't happen when you're actually in sessions with people because the people in your sessions are the ones who are booking your, buying your courses. Mm-hmm. So, and then you're saying these people don't want to do one-on-ones. There's many people who don't like it. And I'm not saying mm-hmm. that they're wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that I know many people, let's say they have the photography, they have this, they have that mm-hmm. where maybe I didn't have that. Right. Or I didn't do it. And it's beautiful. You look at their Instagram and it's gorgeous. But I know because they've complained to me, oh, my God, nobody bought my program. Nobody bought my program. I'm like, but Mamita, you don't do one-on-one. They just see you as this beautiful person. They like your shit. But they're not knowing you and liking you and witnessing your work because you're not doing it one-on-one. Nobody can go home and tell 10 people about you. Mm -hmm. There's different ways to do it. You don't have to do one-on-one forever. But that one-on-one could be a really great start or a group. 
that starts as a beta, as a beta testing of a course. Mm -hmm. And then they give you testimonials and then now you can sell the course. And so there's something to it. So good. So good. Thank you so much. Thank you for your time, for everything that you just shared with us. Where can people find you? Oh, thank you so much. Uh, Instagram, the biz Bruja, then the biz or please join my mailing list. Um, things are going to be changing, but that's where you could always find me the biz Bruja and the biz Um, what else, what else, what else? Those are what's the going on in what's going on in 2022. Oh my God. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. So Bruja mind, which is where your business and your spirit thrive. is going to be a six or eight week business container. Uh, with healing elements. So I'm going to be using hypnosis and Akashic Records and astrology to also help you release these fears. And then let's get it on the road. Let's get your first course and get your couple of thousand in there, right? So that's going to be really cool. Then I have a retreat already coming out in Pennsylvania that I already did twice. It's for very few people. It's like 12 people only. And I love it because it's the spring equinox retreat. It's in Pennsylvania. Then I have another retreat that I don't know yet if I'm going back to Bacalar, Mexico in the fall, but I am all, or I think I'm going to Peru. I think I'm taking people to Peru, which I'm like ecstatic about and, you know, getting on my cardio and such <laughs> to prepare for that because <laughs> I've heard about it. And yeah, and Nasimah Mahikas next uh, in 2022 in spring and in fall, the mediumship courses and the school growing and people who are now teachers in the school who are students. So that's and hopefully book agent. Uh, and book yes, deal yes. And book, book, book deal. Proposal. Yes, for sure. Book proposal, book deal. Definitely putting that in for 2022. Bueno, my friend, thank you so much. It has been a pleasure. And that's a wrap. Thank you. Thanks for listening. As you know, this content is free, but it isn't free to produce. To support the podcast, you can purchase a Pachanga and Possibility t-shirt at cutiecrewbrand.com. A portion of the proceeds go towards finding a cure for type 1 diabetes. If you love this episode, share it with a friend. Use the share feature to text it over to them right now. Also, hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any new episodes. And last but not least, it'd be extra cool if you can rate the show and leave a written review wherever you listen. Thanks again for being here. I know how valuable your time is. 